Hey man, how's it going? It's it's going pretty well, man. Doing pretty well over here. How about you? I'm doing well, doing well. Welcome everyone to the Movie Junkie Podcast, the classic Movie Junkie Podcast uh, from here on out. Uh, we discussed that in the last episode about the Movie Junkie people. But, we corrected uh, them. Yes, we did. We did. We won't be hearing from them anytime soon, you know. Let's just say they sleep with the fishes. Amen. Uh, so, yeah, the the classic movie junkie podcast, you know, here for another week, third episode. We're on a roll. Three weeks in a row. It's become a it's become a habit now, you know, basically yeah. married to the game. It's a tradition. Heck yeah, man. Married to the game. Yeah, you've been doing all right during all this uh, quarantine stuff. Bored out of my mind, but yeah, I'm doing okay. You know, healthy, and family's healthy, and that's all you can really ask for. How about you? Yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm doing the same thing here. Uh, being alone all this time, though, it you know it reminds me of uh, like Cube or something like that. One of those movies where. You're just by yourself all the time, isolated. Getting some real shining lighthouse vibes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely a lighthouse, man. Driving each other crazy. Minus the booze, so it's no fun. <laughs> yeah. It, it's been an experience. We're, we're in the history books, man, that's for sure. Definitely. We're Hundred years are grandkids of our grandkids. I don't know if that adds up to a hundred years, but hundred years, give or take, they're going to be reading about the pandemic of twenty twenty. Yeah, they're going to be using this podcast as a historical video log of life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We're going to be in the Smithsonian Institute of Podcasts. Oh yeah, yeah, we are right Should next we- to the greats. Pictures of our, of us in like the White House and stuff. There's gonna be portraits. Oh yeah, dude. They're not even gonna know who Humphrey Bogart is. They're just gonna identify Humphrey Bogart as the guy from the classic movie junkie podcast. They're like, oh, yeah. Well, I they, think it's one of us. Yeah. <laughs> the twins. They didn't think we're twins. Speaking of uh, Humphrey Bogart, if there was like one character that you could just chill with, quarantine with. Who would that character be? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, oh, man, there's there's so many, you know. Um, I'm going to have to stew on this one for a minute. How about you? Oh, man. If we're talking about specific uh, characters, there's you're absolutely right. There's so many, but I'd probably say, like, the dude from The Big Lebowski. Oh. Because he's Heck just yeah. a laid back. Heck yeah. Oh, yeah. The, definitely the dude. Maybe like Ernest from other <laughs> Ernest movies. You still haven't watched Ernest Scared Stupid, dude. You know, hop no, on. I, no, I, I haven't. I haven't. Hop on that Ernest Scared Stupid wave. I haven't cleansed my palate quite yet. <laughs> uh, I mean,. It's tough to say. Uh, I don't know why, but uh, as long as he doesn't kill me, Stuntman Mike from Death Proof. 
would be kind of cool. Yeah, that would be cool. Captain Spaulding from the Rob Zombie trilogy. Yeah, for sure. Um, I feel like he'd give some very wise words, you know? He would just be funny, you know? Yeah. Uh, Thomas Wake from The Lighthouse fits the vibe. I wouldn't I wouldn't say Jack Torrance from The Shining cuz he's he's pretty, you know him. But you know, you know who I would I've thought about it, I've stewed about it. Give me uh Tony Soprano. Tony Soprano, the boss. The man. Hey, yeah, cuz not only could he give you some important life advice, but you know, he could just be Tony Soprano. What else do you want? <laughs> basically wake up a little mad every morning. Yeah. Oh. He just grab a ghoul. It's It's beautiful. Oh, we were talking about this uh before the podcast started, you know, not too long ago, like half an hour ago, but we were talking about Vincent Price and his cookbooks and whatnot. But I'd probably get one of the one of Vincent Price's characters, like from Madhouse. Hmm. Yeah, I just love Vincent Price, man. The way he talks and everything, man. Whew. That's my celebrity man crush. Not in a gay way, but, you know. Take him to Brokeback Mountain. Yeah. But not in a homosexual way. <laughs> Maybe in a cinephile kind of way. What about a necrophiliac way? Because Vincent yeah. Price is dead. Definitely not in a necrophiliac way. Dead as a doornail. Like I said, maybe in a cinephile kind of way. We yeah, just reminisce about sweet, sweet memories of cinematography and filmography. <laughs> It'd be a very beautiful thing, Caleb. You know, it, it sounds immaculate, to be frank. Yeah. Just stomping on my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> or another good guy to be quarantined with, uh, Dale Gribble from King of the Hill. You know he'd be prepared. I was just about to say uh, Carl from Sling Blade. <laughs> no. Yep. I reckon. Mm-hmm. I was thinking. Uh, he'd be so quiet. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'd eat all the potatoes. <laughs> fried potatoes and mustard. Uh. I was thinking. Uh. What's his name? Uh, Billy Bob Thornton's character from Bad Santa. Forgot the character's name, but he'd be pretty cool. I know what you're talking about. Santa. <laughs> Grown-ass man. Bad guy. If he comes with a little midget, too, that'd be great. <laughs> little person, Caleb. Little person. Asian-American isn't... I mean, what is it? A Chinaman is not the preferred nomenclature. Asian-American, <laughs> please. Yeah, you know, hearing about half a century we're just going to be starting to use like the r word the l word the g word you know we're not even going to be able to talk in full sentences we're just going to what's communicate i think i, I, think, I, I think i know what the r word is uh, what's the l word in the g word uh left and grease uh the m word of course the q word Oh, the M word marsupial, dude. You do not want to get caught in the street saying marsupial. Yeah, we're gonna eventually be talking like that. <laughs> <laughs> with the with the social constructs of this day and age. 
no telling what lies ahead. Mm. That's true. That's what all this pandemic stuff is really. It's really shown that the future is not promised. We live in uncertain, tumultuous times. I swear, this whole quarantine thing just has me thinking way too much, you know? I'm just stuck at home watching movies and playing games, just left to my own devices. Gotta help us all. Yeah. But slowly turn into taxi driver or something like that, you know? (laughs) (laughs) You talking to me? Start having conversations with yourself, just looking in the mirror. I swear, man. Everybody's going to like, oh, sorry for that <laughs> voice crack, but I, I guarantee you, when once all this stuff blows over, we're all going to crawl out of our homes, pale, covered in pimples, and maybe like 10 times heavier. Not 10 times. Oh, goodness. 10 times heavier? Maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. we're not coming out sumo wrestlers. But I think you may have to check up on your uh, metrics there. Maybe no. 10 pounds heavier. There you go. <laughs> 10 times. I like that, though. I don't know about you, but, I mean, I've honestly gotten skinnier. Yeah, I've lost some weight as well. Yeah, I've been ripped. (laughs) Hitting those weights. Big boy. Good boy. Calisthenics, baby. That's all you need. Calisthenics? I don't know about you, but I'm starting to look like Tom Hanks from Castaway. Got my hair growing all wild. Yeah, I got facial hair coming in. Yeah, my mutton chops. Looking like a slime dog. My my unibrow, it's all coming in. It's all looking great. There's a uh, there's a film called Bug from like 1970 something, and it's about this like professor who studies these bugs, and he ends up going crazy. And it's just like the movie following him just dwelling down into this uh, hellscape of mental stability. And stability? Just, yeah, state. Uh, yeah, stability. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stability, Caleb, come on. Get with the times. <laughs> the S word. Yeah, yeah, I'm just going to say the S word. <laughs> and, uh, gosh, I, hippopotamus. Oh, my God. Okay, we got to talk about that really quick. So the other night, we're doing our our study on uh, Earth's, Earth's creatures. And uh, we're our talking about study. this the episode, I think. Oh, I, we probably did. See, I don't even know what the heck's going on anymore. <laughs> Frankly, it's this whole month has just been merged into like one super long day. Oh, dude, you're so right, man. It's just feels like Groundhog's Day, you know. Over and over, <laughs> I feel like Tom Hanks. Yeah, they're not Tom Hanks. Whatever his name is, the goofy Bill man. Murray. Yeah, Bill Murray. Tom Hanks. I'll tell you what, though, Bill Murray and that. Uh... Oh man, the Zombie Land. <laughs> yeah, it was a good little cameo. In Zombieland 2, he did a really good one, too, at, like, the very end of the movie. If I'm being honest, I'd argue that Zombieland 2 was even better than Zombieland. Oh, gosh, Caleb. No, I'm just playing. I've never seen it. (laughs) No, you don't like Zombieland 2. Zombieland 2 was the worst movie I have seen in a long time. 
And this is coming from a guy who likes Vincent Price, remember? And I watch movie, and I <laughs> objectively bad movies on purpose. It, it was horrific, dude. The, none of the the jokes and stuff they didn't hit. They were so like, ugh, weird. I know they just give they they put a bad taste in my mouth. Thank you. Well, I'll t- I'll tell you what, man. You didn't have to watch Trolls World Tour. That, that was movie, that movie was sent. No, Troll Trolls World Two Tour. It's like the animated one. It's not the Trolls movies. It's no, tro- yeah, no, was, yeah, no. That movie was sent with something straight from hell. Honestly. Oh yeah, you kind of had to watch it, didn't you? Yeah. But going back to Bill Murray, I'm grown man. Let's let's not distract from the fact that his funniest movie ever, Caddyshack. Wrong. I just wanted to give out, give some love to Caddyshack. What a, what a hilarious movie! Scrooge was better. Caddy, no, Caddyshack had Rodney Dangerfield, and he is one of the best comedians ever. Scrooge and, had Bill Murray in it. Fat Italian man in a wife beater. Oh, Rodney Dangerfield, I love him. There's this one movie he does with Joe Pesci. It's like 1989. It's called Easy Money, and it is hilarious. This he plays like this pig, and he's got to like give up um all his filthy habits to earn some easy money. It's a great movie. Rodney Dangerfield is. You were you said Vincent Price was your man crush Monday. Well, my man crush Monday is Rodney Dangerfield. He is also post mortem. Rest in peace. But he's a hilarious comedian. Hilarious guy. R.I.P. to the bro. <laughs> That's the bro. That's bro. Speaking of like comedies, man, I've been recently getting into uh, like horror comedies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm talking about like, uh, how do they call parodies? Oh, spoofs. Yeah, spoofs, parodies. I really like those. But like uh, Saturday the 14th and Transylvania 65000. Those are pretty good. And then, of course, the Killer Tomatoes series of films that they don't get enough love. The best horror movie spoof ever made was Scary Movie 2. Scary Movie 2 was so, so funny. Everything after Scary Movie like 3 was pretty bad. I've only seen 1 and 2, and I liked 1, but loved 2. When they got Charlie Sheen in there, it sucked. Yeah, well, Charlie Sheen, I'm not going to lie. I know a lot of people hate on him, but one of some of my favorite movies growing up where it was Major League One and Major League Two, and it's about the the Cleveland Indians, and it's like this baseball team, and they get like a whole bunch of ragtags and put them on this baseball team to try to purposely lose, to try to tank. Mm-hmm. And then they end up winning like their whole like division or whatever, and it's just it's a great, it's hilarious movie. And Charlie Sheen plays Rick the Wild Thing, Vaughn. He was in uh, Hot Shots and Hot Shots Part Oh, talk about some funny spoofs. Those are funny movies. Yeah. I love those. Man, 80s just spoofs and comedies. Uh, Airplane. Mm-hmm. The Naked Gun. Good God, The Naked <laughs> Gun. The Naked Gun movie. Naked Gun was something else. I love those movies. All, all three of them are good, too. Like, they're all hilarious. Yeah, they're pretty funny. And, uh, 
I love slapstick comedies like that too, and I love sports comedies like Major League. Um, Happy Gilmore is another great one. Adam's... Ooh, ooh. You, you don't like Happy Gilmore? No, no, no I mean like uh, we're talking about comedies. I think there's like a very fine line between a good comedy and like a horrifically bad comedy. You know what I'm saying? Like, so you know how you have these like good sport spoofs way over here on the good side. Then you also have Adam Sandler's Jack and Jill. Oh, that movie's on the other side. Al Pacino knocks it out of the park. <laughs> <laughs> I only watched it till the Pepto Bismol commercial in the film, and then I tapped out. I couldn't watch it anymore. I've seen. I saw it like when it came out. It was hilarious. Yeah, Pepto Bismol. Another great sports comedy is a uh, white men can't jump. It's got some of the best yo mama jokes you'll ever hear. What <laughs> the uh, Adam Sandler like prison movie? Uh, the, the long, long yard. yard. Uh, yeah. yeah, the remake of the Burt Reynolds movie, and that was that was pretty funny. That's a good one. I like yeah. that. Um, Adam Sandler, he's just he's a he's a good actor. No, he's he good. Sucks. In between his comedies. You know, he did Uncut Gems, Punch Drunk Love, and his stand-up comedy. Oh, my God. It, it is hilarious. It's not. Is it, once again, me and Caleb uh, have to, you know, split ways. At a medium pace. Yeah, I can't. Sit on the corner of the bed and watch me. <laughs> I can't do Adam Sandler, man. He's... Play with your cock and ball. <laughs> Adam Sandler is so do it for your mama. So is he like your favorite stand-up uh guy? No, actually. Stand-up. Let's talk about comedians. Yeah. While well, we're on the the uh, topic of comedy. Yeah, comedians. Um my favorite stand-up guys are Adam Sandler's one of them, though. Um Andrew Dice Clay is disgusting, but he's hilarious. Um Dave Chappelle is great. Um, a newer one that's really good is Jim Jeffries, and he's Australian. Um, guys from Austin, Texas, very local, is Ron White. And Ron White, funny. Funny, 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 funny. And then, uh, what's it? I'm trying to think. There's a couple other good ones. Daniel Tosh is pretty funny. He also does got a little show, Tosh.0. Oh. Yeah. yeah. How about you? <laughs> uh, Oh man, I don't watch too much stand up, but like on uh, Laugh USA, which is that Sirius XM channel, we used to watch or listen to that like all the time on road trips. And we'd always listen to Reba. She's like one of my favorite female stand up comedians. But then you have like Jim Gaffigan, he's hilarious. Southern Southern staple. It's pretty funny. Definitely, dude. I, I love his stuff. And then, of course, you can't go wrong with, uh, oh my gosh, dude, the, the the fat guy from Punisher. Oh. That's gonna kill me. We, we watched it in the six. John Panette. John yeah, Panette. John Panette. Dude, I introduced this man to John Panette in the sixth grade. <laughs> and we'd watch it on his phone. God, we were in a, we would, uh, 
we would go like we wouldn't go in the cafeteria for lunch because it was yeah. obnoxious and stuff. So we'd hide out in different classes. Yeah, we would sneak onto computers, and then not only did we like sneak onto the computers, we would then bypass the security like codes and stuff, and watch John Panette. <laughs> One of the greatest feats of all time. This was, was the Lufthansa heist of comedian <laughs> passing the internet to watch videos. This was in sixth grade. By, by the eighth grade, dude, we were hacking into the NSA. We, okay. Yeah, pretty much. I know way too many l- nuclear launch codes for uh, a 16-year-old. Be I about, yeah, I, I knew about this coronavirus in like 2017. They just told me not to say anything. It was a prickly deal. Predicted it. <laughs> Do you have any conspiracy theories? Mm, no, not really. Like nothing, no, nothing that comes to mind. I, I, I'm just one of those guys, you know, just takes things as a, as I see them. Well, you're talking to a guy who loves conspiracy theories. Lay lay, lay me down a conspiracy. Theory. Okay, I'm gonna give you one of my favorite ones first. It's the John F. Kennedy conspiracy. There's a couple conspiracy theories about what happened to him. The number one one for me, though, is that Lee Harvey Oswald was hired by someone inside the government because, and here's why, John F. Kennedy was becoming very problematic for the USA. It was, um, they were getting, the, the government's obviously corrupt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're tied in with the mob. The mob was getting mad at Kennedy. They didn't like any of the Kennedys. And notice how Robert Kennedy didn't do very well either as attorney general. And so he gets hired. They hired Lee Harvey Oswald to kill him. And this is a quote from Kennedy a week before he dies. It's, I can't remember it verbatim, but he says something. There's a plot in the USA to enslave every man, woman, and child. And I intend to stop it. He was assassinated a week later. Coincidence? I think not. I think it might just be a coincidence. No. And then the next one is about the moon landing. The the moon landing was almost undoubtedly fake. Okay. I'm listening. For one, wherever the we say that we landed our lunar rover, there's no like markings there. The lunar rover was over ten tons. It weighed over ten tons and it was coming at such a velocity that it would make a gigantic crater. In the moon. There is no such crater. That's called um, gravity. <sighs> okay. And then also, whenever we take pictures like of the moon and stuff, and then we look at the original recording that they have from the moon landing, the shadows, stuff like that, does not match up. Probably rotated. Wow. No, that's not how the moon works. Okay. Third of all, Stanley Kubrick has hinted in like movies like The Shining that he has faked the moon landing, that he was the one they hired. And it would make sense because he did 2001 A Space Odyssey like the year before. So what better guy to direct the moon landing than the hottest director out at the time? Uh, yeah, makes you think. Yeah, it does. Certainly does. And then I have one more conspiracy theory, and this one is a little controversial. But... Hear me out. I, I truly believe wholeheartedly that 9-11 was an inside job. Okay. 
when you think about it this way, for one, they say a plane crashed into the Pentagon. Yep. Where there's literally like 130 plus cameras at the Pentagon, yet there was no video recording of the plane crashing into the Pentagon. They say the plane disintegrated still and little to no damage was done to the structure of the Pentagon and no one, like no eyewitnesses saw it happen. It's got to be a couple red flags. Second of all, okay, the two planes hit to the hit the towers, right? And we've all heard the thing: jet fuel can't melt through steel steel beams, and it physically cannot. It literally cannot melt through steel beams. And there was nothing that would have made the towers fell from that. Towers, steel framed, enforced structures are supposed to be able to withstand stuff like that. And reporters inside the building have even like gone you know, on oath, under oath, saying that they heard blasts coming from inside the building, like a series of three blasts. It was most likely thermite explosions. Really? Yes. And then you're asking, well, why would the USA do this? Yes, that's what I'm asking right now. Why well, would the USA do this? Well, think about it this way. George W. Bush is in office. About a decade ago, his daddy, George H.W. Bush, got us into a war that we had no reason being in. And this was the Gulf War with Saddam Hussein and Kuwait. This was purely, it was Saddam Hussein, a powerful dictator, picking on the Kuwaitis. And that was wrong, you know, but just like Vietnam, we should not have interfered. Yet we did. And that dug us into a big financial debt. A lot of innocent people who, you know, lives could have been spared died. And this, um, this in itself increase the rise of terrorism and just the Middle Eastern hatred for the United States and vice versa, which was unnecessary. And so then George W. Bush is noticing all this turmoil in the country. And he's all, oh my God, they're getting mad at my family. How am I going to rectify this situation? I'm going to frame, uh, you know, Iraq, Iran and for what they did in 9-11. And I'm going to do this. And we're going to blame it on terrorists. And then we're going to declare war on them. And then all of a sudden the Gulf War doesn't look very bad. And the trillions of dollars my dad spent doesn't look very bad. And the family name and image is saved. And they're revered as they are today. But then that's a whole lot more money that they're going to spend on the next war. But it's okay because it looks justified. Hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, somewhat. And not to mention, and then you may ask, like, why did they have to, like, ruin an American structure and hurt so many people, ruin so many people's lives? Well, that was just to make, that was to send a message. That was to really reinforce that we needed to go to war with these people. It's just a conspiracy theory. It's just a theory, but it makes sense. That's interesting, man. Caleb's theory corner. Yes, got to be a new thing for the podcast. That's that's uh, crazy. You don't even tell me any of this stuff sometimes. No, because people think I'm crazy. I I feel like people have. There's just such a stigma around conspiracy theories. Like the people who say them are crazy. It's just no. It's just you. Sometimes you got to look deeper than what's given at face value. And I I wholeheartedly believe that. You know what? I do have a uh, conspiracy theory for you right here. Please, lay it on me. The classic film, the outstandingly amazing film, 
from 1954, uh, starring Kirk Douglas, Anthony Quinn. Ulysses? Yes. I think that somebody out there is review bombing it on IMDb. It should be a perfect 10 stars, but nobody in their right mind would give it lower than 10. So I think somebody in IMDb is rating it like a six or whatever it is right now. And it, it's, it's disturbing. So you think someone is sabotaging Kirk Douglas and Ulysses? Yes, I do. I wholeheartedly do. 1954, Ulysses. Go to IMDb. <laughs> you'll you'll be sorely disappointed to see that that film uh, did not surpass the greats uh, in ratings. That movie is a that movie's at least a nine point seven. I'd, I'd give it a I'd give it a ten though, because should be a ten. Just round up. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that movie. It's, and it's enjoyable. It's nowhere, you know. There's one. There's only one other movie I can really think of that rivals Ulysses, and that movie is John Wayne's Hondo. John Wayne, John Wayne does have some pretty good movies. I'm not gonna lie. True Grit, The Alamo, Hondo, Hondo. God, what a movie! If you get if you what? buy the collector's edition of the DVD, you can get one of the greatest. Like film introductions ever by um that revered critic Leonard Malton. And yeah, we read. watched it like three or four times, didn't we? On repeat. Yes. We, we didn't even get to the movie. We just watched Leonard Malton talk about it. And frankly, he does the film justice. He talks about um 3D. You know how Han, how studios wanted to use 3D. How um debilitating moving around all the set pieces where it's just, it's very insightful and it's all, wow, how, how does this outsider know so much about such a, an, an amazing film? But he does. Oh, that's a, that's a great uh, transitioner here. I actually wanted to talk about this on the podcast. Um, it, it was the, I wouldn't say resurgence, but like the, the comeuppance of 3d and 4d in movie theaters uh, during like the fifties. Because mm-hmm. there are so many like black and white and some color movies that were made in the fifties and sixties that were like three all three D. You know, there's one guy predicted. Oh, I forgot the name off the top of my head, but this just shows how bad memory I got. But uh, he predicted that like every single movie was going to be three D in the future, and obviously. That did not happen. But, like, in the 1950s, they would have these movie theaters that were, like, 4D. So, you know, like, at Disney, where they have, like, the tiki room or whatever, and they spray stuff at you. And the tiki, 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 tiki room. The Bugs yeah. Life theater thing, you know. Bugs Life. Classic. Bugs are crawling in your cheeks. That's a good movie. That is a great movie. Every single Pixar movie. Pixar movies are great, man. They really, they bring back some memories, boy. I'll tell you what. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was just like a big, uh, uh, popular thing that happened during that time was everybody was in the 3D craze. There's a film that I have called The Hypnotic Eye that has a lot of 3D elements in it. 
Very hypnotic. Yeah, it's it's a good one. We watched it uh, on Halloween. It was really, really good. I enjoyed it quite a bit. But you can tell in a whole lot of black and white movies that they, they had some 3D stuff in it to, to kind of get you uh, jumping, especially horror movies during that time. They would have stuff reaching out towards you or touching you because the uh, the movie theaters where they would play these movies uh, would, like rig the theaters to to kind of play along with the 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 film so they they would have people dressed up as like the villains in the movie walking around scaring people stuff would like vibrate in the seat stuff like that it was was really fascinating during that time now we just on a pair of 3d glasses and give ourselves a wicked headache well the reason why that they did all that back then was because they were trying to stop the um surgeons of home video like that at the time theaters viewed that as terribly detrimental yes. to their profits and they're like how are we gonna amend that so they go over the top and do all that and unfortunately for theaters they did not stop home video but theaters are still doing great as movies became more mass produced because theaters didn't account for that movies would you know would be pooping out movies every couple of days like we are now they yeah didn't for that and it all worked out in the end. Now we got 3D at home for some people. Yeah, there's those 3D uh, Blu-rays or whatever, 3D compatible 4Ks. 3D TVs, 3D I'm... players, 3D everything. Yeah, it's intense, man. Dude, those, oh my gosh, I was shopping for uh, Blu-ray players and stuff like that. They're expensive. Oh my gosh, trying to find a... Blu-ray and VHS combo player is like in the thousands. It's so expensive. Well, let me ask you this, Troy: are are you are you a masochist? No. Then then why are you looking for VHS? <laughs> like like, what's the point of VHS? Are you are you trying to inflict pain upon yourself? I personally enjoy VHS because of its nostalgic feeling, and. Uh, authenticity you know i i really enjoy that in films which is why i like uh you know having vhs tapes around it's just something that was a part of a film and film history i'd you know i'd like to live through it in the quiet words of brandon whopper come again <laughs> there's always the uh the war of vhs or not and if it's smart to to do VHS, it's or... just a waste of money at this point. I, I, I think because you can, you can watch those same movies in much better quality, much better sound. Well, yeah, I mean, like you can always have different copies of that same movie, but it's also nice going back into it with a different vibe, like uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Watching that on VHS is going to give you so much of a different vibe in that movie. In a different, it's give you a migraine from the picture aspect ratio. Exactly. Versus <laughs> like Blu-ray, it's not really going to be that scary. But if it gets really grainy like that, you know, you can kind of actually feel a little bit more horror. You know. Yeah, I, I could. I just feel that. like it gives the 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 film more character if it's if it's a film that was from the eighties or really had a aspects of the eighties. Yeah. 
I, I could see that. It's very uh, niche Yeah, it is niche. But I enjoy it. I like it. But me, uh, one of the, one of the, oh, Jesus. I don't, I don't even remember what I was going to say. Never mind. Sorry. I'd go back on uh, VHS. I've been meaning to get more VHS uh, tapes, but it's kind of hard to find them now. I mean, you can get them at like a half price in some thrift stores, but other than that, they're kinda beat up. A little tough. Yeah, they, they are. They do get kind of beat up. I mean, they're old. Yeah. Sometimes you can find some gems, though. I tell you what. I just, I don't, I don't get VHS. I... I don't really get DVD anymore either. DVDs. Oh yeah, I've been. That's been me the past couple of uh, months is trading in all my DVDs that I own for uh, Blu-rays. Then what's the what's the difference between DVDs and VHSs though? Because it's okay. almost the same quality. Audio quality. Audio on DVDs are pretty bad too. Some yeah. All. Some. All. Some compared to Blu-rays, mm, I don't know. I mean, like it, it, it would be different. There's, there's differences for sure. Would Star Wars sound better on Blu-ray or DVD? Well, it's Blu-rays because it's Star Wars, but like, I guarantee you, it sounds the same on like some films. Out no. There. Like 31. No, 31 would definitely sound better on Blu-ray. I got it on Blu-ray right now. I see, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It would sound way better than it would on DVD. Yeah, I kind of proved your point there. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. Uh, Well, I don't know. Sometimes uh, it's not even like the difference between VHS and DVD. It's like sometimes you can't find a VHS copy of it or a Blu-ray copy, so you got to get DVD because some obscure movies out there. Sometimes you well, can't yeah. a DVD or Blu-ray copy, so you got to get a VHS. <laughs> In some very rare instances, they only come out with a Blu-ray release because it's uh, become a, a new cult favorite. Yeah, stuff like that. Poughkeepsie tapes. Yeah, Poughkeepsie. God, what are yeah, your upgrade? Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 I've just been upgrading my uh, my moves. What are your opinion on the greatest subgenre of collecting action figures? Action figures? Yes. I don't. I don't personally. Uh, I have a whole bunch of posters. And stuff like that. I just don't find any use for, um, like, dolls. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Them's is fighting words, boy. Yeah. yeah. Every every All the trash I talked about, VHS, it's, it's coming from a guy who collects dolls. So. Hey, well, yeah. VHSs are a lot cheaper. Dolls dolls can be pretty expensive, man. I love, they're like, they're my, they're my crack, dude. I could, I could use a doll right about now. <laughs> some of them man I've got some steals really really good pretty rare one, ones and pretty 
proud of, and I got a couple. Like I have a Texas Chainsaw Two One autograph by Leatherface, um, stuff like that. Just, yeah, those are pretty good. Very proud of it. I got I got this one from this discontinued line for House of a Thousand Corpses. It's the Professor. I got it for like twenty five bucks, and it's worth over two hundred. Just steals like that. And then like all the all my, all my family's all. Why don't you just sell them and stuff? It's like crazy why don't you take them out of the box and play with them blah 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 it's like come on yeah why don't you give them to your little sister <laughs> why don't you let the dog chew on them yeah we... <sighs> the niche community but i mean it's a it's a hobby yeah action figures are a dying breed but but we're still maintaining somehow it's a hobby and uh, like like most things you know Everybody's gonna think it's a waste of money, except for you. As long as it keeps you happy, and you feel satisfied with what you're doing, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Amen. Amen, uh, sister. I, I definitely, uh, quote unquote, waste too much money on movies. But shoot, boy, I'm happy. I'm satisfied. That's the main reason we use money. You know, is to keep ourselves satisfied and happy, and to pay yeah. bills. We can be happy. Money didn't make us happy. It wouldn't have any value, you know. Exactly. Exactly. I just I I find it very um ignorant when people say money doesn't rule the world. Oh. And money has like no value and no power. It's like yes, yes, it does. Money controls everything. I hate those people that are like money doesn't make you happy. Yeah. Exactly. It's like let me give you a hundred grand right now. Let me see. <laughs> are you gonna smile? <laughs> A <laughs> hundred smacks is gonna make you a very happy person. I guarantee it. Yeah, definitely. And it's crazy because, like, if we, if we, not likely at all, it's impossible. But if we all, you know, banded together, revolted, you know, go against the man, rage against the machine, it we could really deface the value of all money, which is insane. Just if we all just decided to stop using it. Basically, and we're back to our more animalistic roots. Yeah, cryptocurrency and stock. That's what I'm saying. That's not even like physical money. We've gotten so deep into money that we don't even like, we don't even see most of our real money, which is insane. And then the physical money that we do have, like the dollar bill, just pull out any random dollar bill you have. And, you know, not one you just got like, freshly minted from the bank, but, you know, something you got, like, you gave the cashier 20 for a $10 check or whatever. You get some money back. Think of how many places that dollar has been before you got it. Think of how many hands it's exchanged. And that's, like, so crazy. And that's... Yeah, it is. And think of, think of like, if that money was reported or not. Think of yeah. just how much... how. How much money could just be floating out there that's unaccounted for? That's very true. Money that's been buried or burned, mm-hmm. damaged, lost. Yeah, it's crazy to think about. Yeah. Dollars that got ruined uh, in the washing machine. I've had that happen way too many times. Yeah, yeah. It just disappear from circulation. It's kind of like a... Kind of like I think about it like use games from GameStop or Game Exchange or something like that. 
like it's, it's the freshly new when it comes, you know, straight to the factory and gets sent to like Target or Walmart or something like that. Then, you know, Jeff buys it, Jeff plays it, gets rid of it. Amy gets it. Amy plays it, gives it to Gabe. Gabe plays it, takes it to game something. You pick it up, stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Just like the dollar. That's why I love that local game exchange, man. It's got so much character. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's uh, definitely one of my faith, favorite places to get movies, especially like uh, Blu-rays and stuff like that, because there's so many goofy films and stuff. And you, you can kind of tell what kind of characters uh, live in your town by the <laughs> game exchange and what movies are being bought and sold. I'm more of a classic Best Buy junkie. That's where I get all my movies from is Best Buy. If we had a game exchange, though, I would probably I would go to it for sure. But it's just there's not one anywhere near us. Unfortunate. Game exchanges are dying breed, but somehow they're still maintaining. I think that's only a South thing too. Game exchange. Yeah, those are uh, up north. And when I lived in the West, I. I had no idea what a game exchange was. Game exchanges are great. Uh, you, you know dang well that like in a decade they're going to disappear. Just like a, Honestly, that's already what's happening to GameStop, and that's even arguably even bigger than game exchanges. They're starting to have to close down their shops and so because everything's going uh, digitally. You know, the new Xboxes are made with hundreds of gigabytes of internal storage you can now download way more games and you can get hard drives it's it's unfortunate to see because it's like the depletion of physical media yeah i agree well with video games i don't really care (laughs) but i mean with video games you know it's one less step i gotta do i don't really care about it as much as i do a film it's just like if if the If the games run out, though, places like Game Exchange that also sell movies won't stay in business because games are their main. I'm pretty sure that's the only reason Game Exchange is is still alive is because I go in there every other day. Every other besides you, by the way, everybody, happy Easter! Yeah, it's uh, today's Easter, Easter Sunday, Easter Sunday, yeah. It's currently 12.53 in the a.m. whenever we were recording this. Partying hard. Yeah, we're some night owls tonight, baby. I tell you what. We record these pretty late in the the day. Getting our feelings, you know? Yeah. Speaking of getting in our feelings, man, I've been listening to some emo music lately. Just, Just late at night. Emo sad boy vibes. Oh yeah, dude this this quarantine has me sad as a mug, man. You just be thinking about stuff that you wouldn't normally think about. You're a prisoner in your own home. You overthink things, and you just you know conflicting thoughts running through your head. Does does this person? What does this person think about me? Stuff like that, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. What have you been listening to? What what gets you in your feelings? Um. Rap wise, XXX, Tentacion, um, Lil Uzi, Lil Uzi Vert. I just like his voice. And then uh, 
but what really gets me in my feels is classic country. You know, Roy Orbison, Elvis Presley. It's all in the same. Well, Roy Orbison is so, so good. God. Just, I, I could, I, next Saturday, we're having a whole podcast dedicated to Roy Orbison. <laughs> wow. Okay. If that's okay with you. In my humble opinion, country, most country is awful. New country is horrid. New country makes me want to vomit. Yeah, new country is disgusting. But there's these small instances where these sad cowboys play country, you know, play their country songs. And it actually gets you in your feels, man. Sad country music is so much better than whipping out the beers and spanking the horses <laughs> kind of country songs. That That's what I'm saying. Normally. And, and classic country was all, all classic country was, was sad songs about women, basically. Yeah. And they, That's what made them so good. The saddest song I have ever heard was, uh, is George Jones is one of my favorite country singers. He stopped loving her today. And that is so... It's about this guy who, like, he tells the love of his life. She breaks up with him, and he's like, I'm going to love you till the day I die. And he never is able to live a normal life because he's so caught up on her. And then he passes away, and it's it's the first time, you know, his friends had seen him smile in years. And she has, she has the balls to go to his funeral after she ruined his life. It's like, oh, my God, just sobbing. And then uh, Marty Robbins is another great country singer. Um Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson and Marty Robbins are the two kings of sad cowboy music. Country music. I'd, I'd also got to throw in Johnny Cash in there as well. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot about him. The man in black. I hurt myself today to see if I could feel. Ah. Uh. Dude, Run, man. am I talking to Johnny Cash right now? It sounded just like yeah. Did Johnny Cash join the podcast right now? <laughs> did he run in your house and sing? <laughs> run all the way to my house and sing over us. Fun, you know, just a quick little tidbit. My grandpa, he's one of the most interesting guys I think anyone will ever meet. He's very friendly and stuff, and uh, he used to work. He's very old school. He used to do drywall. He had like his own drywall company back in like California and uh, he would always do drywall work for celebrities. You know, he did drywall work for, as we were talking about earlier, Charlie Sheen. Um, He did drywall work for Pamela Anderson. Um, He knew Sid Haig really well because they lived in the same city and like Sid Haig would like referee the local youth soccer games. My grandpa was one of the main coaches. And so they'd always get into arguments. (laughs) And, um, but, uh, my grandpa, he knew, uh, he did drywall and he became pretty good friends with Johnny Cash's ex-wife. And one of them, I don't remember who, but yeah, she told him a whole bunch of stories about Jonathan and it's crazy. That is cool, man. Yeah. My, uh, my, one of my, my, one of my grandparents, my grandparents, uh, they have this really big vinyl collection. Mm-hmm. They they like listening to vinyls, and 
my grandfather, he's really into uh, blues, you know, because that was like the whole, man, let me lay you down with some, some blues talk real quick. That was like the move back then. That was the move. Yeah, that was the move for Texas music back then was the blues. And everybody was listening to the blues. And uh, if you if you're cool, you know you're bumping the blues in your car. Some some blues music. Without and the, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, without the blues, there'd be no rock and roll. Yeah, exactly. And my, and my grandparents had this huge, you know, vinyl collection. It it stuns me every time I see it because I see all these great blues uh, tracks, and it's just really nice to see. We that's the same thing with like uh, we're talking about VHS and Blu-ray. Talking about vinyl and CDs, yeah, that can kind of be the same thing. Where it just feels a little bit more authentic and nostalgic listening to a vinyl compared to a CD in a car, you know. Uh, I I'd argue personally, music-wise, I am completely streaming and completely digital. Like we don't we don't have any CDs, yeah, anything, and. Uh, I could see like I could see vinyl, like as like, like you're saying your grandparents because that's what they grew up with. Yeah. yeah, I understand that, but personally, me, I it, for me, it's just like VHS. I wouldn't get vinyl. Oh yeah, I mean I understand it. They're expensive these days too. Yeah, is insane. Much more so than VHS, which is kind of crazy. But um, what do you, what do you call a vinyl? What do you call a some? It's like a round table, I think. A turntable. Turntable. Vinyl. There we go. Turntable. Record player. Record player. Yeah. Yeah. I've always kind of wanted one. That'd be cool. Yeah. You better hop on that quick because prediction in the next decade or so, they're going to become more and more of a commodity, and that means their price is going to get higher and higher. See, I think they've become more uh, common. People want to step on that that uh, nostalgia wave. I've been seeing a lot more uh, lately in like Target shops and stuff like that, WalMarts. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. They're, they're I mean, they're like a hundred bucks, which is far from cheap. But yeah, I see them every once in a while, which is. You know, you don't see too many VHS players being issue with. I I see what you're saying, but the issue also with vinyl is each vinyl is about twenty five bucks a piece. Yeah. So. That's true. That's very true. It's an expensive way to listen to music. That's for sure. If you're yeah. Buying them now, but luckily, like for my grandparents who have that that big old collection, I mean they're set. Yeah. They even have a, a a player too, a record player. Yeah, which is real neat. I'd say I take that back though. I I do listen to uh, CDs in the car sometimes. Okay. Uh, I'll pr- put on like Frank Sinatra or Queen. I think I have a couple of CDs of them. We have uh, we're just we use Spotify basically. That's about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. premium. Yeah, big bucks. I'm I'm petty. I use a Spotify, but without premium, it's the best way to go. 
And then you have to hear that one lady yammer on about how you can buy Spotify Premium and get all the ads off your music listening experience. The one thing I, I like about Premium is just so you can download music. Yeah. And that's like the major thing because that way you don't have to use your data in the car, stuff like that. Downloading music is very uh, nice to have. I had Apple Music for the longest time, but it was so expensive that I kind of had to tap out from that. Yeah. Um, One thing, though, for all you guys who are wondering, there's a way to download YouTube videos without getting YouTube Premium. I may get swatted for saying this, but if I remember correctly, it's like www dot then you do ss youtube and then whatever link you want to like find the song to and you can download the video i used to do that and i didn't have spotify that would be uh useful for people who are trying to watch movies or something like that that's pretty good on yeah anything you can download literally anything on youtube like that youtube has so many movies dude that are pirated oh it's so good I- i've watched so many movies they have, they have the, Blade they have the whole cannibal holocaust Spookies. Um, yeah, we have a bunch. Yeah, they got some bangers. Uh, I don't know if the YouTube playlist on our YouTube channel is private or not, but I have a playlist of movies that are free on YouTube. So I, I, if it's not public, I'll make it public. And if it is public, you know, go ahead and check that out if you want. There's a couple of good ones on there. <coughs> so got some bangers. Yeah. Just want to let you guys know, at 500k subscribers, we're doing a face reveal. So Yeah, 500,000. Subscribe, hit that like button, turn on that notification bell. Oh, yeah. Well, man, I think this is a uh, a good spot to kind of wrap it up, you think? Yeah. Yeah. We we talked about some good stuff here. We really did. Nice little hour podcast, you know, flexing our vocals a little bit. Dude, I'm gonna have to go ice my vocal cords. They've been strained. Ouch. Yeah. I haven't talked to anybody in so long. Yeah. I know. It's it's different. Different. It's different. As always, man, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. And we'll see you next Saturday. Oh, yeah. Be sure to tune in, uh, guys, next week for yet another episode. Uh, Always keep an eye on our Instagram. Uh, If you do like our posts, we post, you know, every other week or so, sometimes twice a week, uh, you know, if we're feeling it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, this was great. Thanks, Caleb. Uh, 